Hello and welcome to the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. I'm Jack Green, Head of Performance here at Champion Health, and we've put this podcast on for people like you that want to improve well-being in your organisation. I'd like to welcome our co-founder and CEO at Champion Health, Harry Bliss. He'll be our co-host going forward, but he's going to share with you the mission around Champion Health, as well as practical tips to help drive well-being in your organisation. Welcome, Harry. How are you? Good, thank you, Jack. Good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, good. At least I'm on the other side now. So you, you're under pressure. You have to answer the questions. But yeah, thank you for joining our, our podcast. But the main thing for me that I wanted to ask first was, why are you passionate about workplace well-being? I think it's really interesting for you know the listeners to find out why you got into this. Yeah, so first of all, I, I went to university to study in this area, as I realised it was an area that you can impact many lives um, within and many lives that may not be engaged with well-being. And I then went to work for the largest well-being provider in the UK and realised that things could be done better. Um, we could make well-being more inclusive, more accessible and more engaging. And so there was always that background to I want to improve lives, I want to change lives and have that legacy. That's a big thing that I'll talk about regularly. But the big thing and the fire in my belly came six months within Champion um, and my friend and mentor, James, who was a director of a global organization. He was 45 years old with an amazing partner and two children, tragically ended up taking his own life following a short bout of stress. And that really lit the fire in my belly to realize that, look, this was the person that I wanted to become when I was 45 years old. This was someone that I admired. This was someone that invested a huge amount of time into me. Um, and that really then made me realize that I need to, to stay in this space um, and really make something that has that legacy, as I mentioned before. So it came from before that event, but that event really just changed it from something that I wanted to work to something that I needed to work. Yeah, it's something that when I joined Champion was a big part of, of joining was the passion behind it and, and the passion you have yourself. But you talked about legacy. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, I don't know where it's really come from. I've read a book um, called Legacy. You might might have read it as well. With um, It's with the All Blacks. And I find legacy really interesting. And I think what I want to look back on is when I retire, I'm going to look back. And the question I'm sure I will ask myself, and I'm asking myself it now, is have I had an impact? Have I left a positive, sustainable mark off the back of my career? And I think it's the way that I've always thought, really. Um, I don't know if it's been ingrained into me from my parents, for example, but it's something that I've always wanted to know is what what's the impact that I'm going to have on society. Um, and that's really the legacy for me. It's probably quite a selfish thing as much as anything, uh, but it really helps me drive the impact within Champion. And for us to be able to get to the stage we are now, um, the legacy has been hugely important for me. I don't think it's a selfish thing when it's about helping other people. So, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice on that. But tell us about how you're going to do kind of take that legacy forward, bring that impact with Champion. I think the people listening right now will, mm. will want to hear what we do as, as it's a Champion podcast. So, yeah, tell the people at home what, what to expect from us. Yeah, sometimes we don't shout about what we actually do enough, um, I think. And some, some people say, what is it actually that, that you do at Champion? So really, if, if I was scrolling through about a year ago, Netflix, and I saw the likes of The Crown, The Peaky Blinders. I, my six-year-old nephew came around to my house the day after, and we watched Peppa Pig. And I was thinking, what? wow, this is incredible that you've got all of these things in one place. It's really inclusive. It's accessible to everyone from my grandma all the way through to my six-year-old nephew. And I thought, well, what if we could build something similar when it comes to well-being? 
And actually, if you look at well-being, you'd be spending a fortune if you're to look at mindfulness, if you're to look at sleep stories, masterclasses on any area of well-being, all the way through to mood tracking, sleep tracking, workouts even. And you could be spending four, five, six hundred pounds a year. And that's not inclusive and accessible. And so that's where I came up with the idea of building the Netflix of well-being, where it brings all areas of well-being into one place that you can access at the click of a button and it's all employer funded. So for the employees who may be struggling from paycheck to paycheck, that may be struggling with their well-being, they're all able to access it. And that's something that it just really excites me with the space in all honesty. And so we're wanting to take the headache away. We're wanting to make it more simple, easier for people to access within. And so we literally cover all areas of well-being from sleep, nutrition, physical activity, men's health, women's health, mental health, financial well-being, all in one place. Oh, you've done that one before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> so what you speak to lots and lots of companies. I've seen you, you know, speaking to the HR directors, the wellbeing leads, the kind of people we want to be listening to this podcast. And what are the issues you're kind of hearing at the moment after the last 12 months that, you know, employees and organizations are, are experiencing at the moment? I think this is going to be the hard thing with the podcast, Jack, is keeping it down to 12 minutes in all honesty, um, because th there are so many issues that we're facing and it's all individual at the moment. And someone said this to me recently, that we've all been in the same storm, but our own unique boat when it's come to the last year, year and a half, but even the last five or 10 years before COVID, there were major issues with mental health and well-being, specifically with back pain, with financial well-being. COVID's just accelerated it and exacerbated it. But sometimes for some organizations actually just put well-being on their radar. And so what I would say that the major challenge is, and is really why Champion exists, is everything's disjointed. Now we know that insomnia is a major issue at the moment with people not being able to switch off outside of work. And that's increased over the pandemic. We know that anxiety is also an issue, burnout, mental health issues, all the way through to financial well-being. And companies all have the best intentions. They all want to be able to give the skills to the individuals that are working within them so they can thrive inside and outside of the workplace. But when I talk to these companies, they're all saying, look, we want to cover financial well-being. We want to cover mental health. We want exercise as part of our employee benefit infrastructure, but we don't know where to go. And if we did know where to go, we'd probably be paying for 15 different providers that cover 15 different areas, 15 logins. You can see where I'm going with this. And so I think that's the major challenge in the well-being space at the moment is really unifying well-being, bringing it in together and for one port of call for employees to be able to access. Now, we've spoken about this off camera as well, that really, if I'm experiencing anxiety, my prefrontal cortex, the front part of my brain that rationalizes things, that gives me the patience, the concentration, everything else, it shuts down. And so if I'm there going through hundreds of emails to find my employee assistance program, for example, or hundreds of emails to find out where the sleep platform is or the nutrition platform, I'll just disengage. And those issues get worse Then absenteeism skyrockets. And even e-presenteeism is the new term that I've been reading about at the moment where people are working behind technology and they're just not being productive behind it as well. So that's really the major challenge that we want to solve. And, and all of our clients and all of our members are saying that is the challenge that they're finding. So for any listeners, I'm really interested to hear if you're also finding that challenge too. Mm, yeah, definitely. I think what's really interesting there is a lot of people are experiencing the same issues. That's what, what we're finding, I know you're finding. and But a lot of these leaders, these people responsible for well-being 
they're struggling to get that business case across. Yeah. So I think that's something be interesting to hear from you. What's the best mm. way to position bringing in maybe a well-being platform or other services, uh, yeah. you know, integrating that into your organization? What's the best way to, to pitch that? Yeah, there are some things you can measure. And so that would be something that's very important that if we're looking at building a business strategy, a marketing strategy, a sales strategy, you need data to underpin it. And we need exactly the same with well-being. So that's the first thing is find a platform that can give you the data and robust data to be able to prove pre and post outcomes. Okay, you might have implemented a sleep initiative. What's the improvement in sleep at the six month mark? So that's the first thing that I would say. The second thing is understand that not everything can be measured and actually just to give your team the skills to be able to be their best inside and outside of the workplace will have so many business benefits that are almost impossible to measure. It could be benefits that employees are talking about you positively in front of their mates at the pub, for example, all the way through to actually someone staying longer in the organization and valuing them more through to attracting the best talent. It could be any of those areas. It could be then measurable things such as has the sales increased within the sales department, uh, but then there might be improvements in the marketing and the creativity throughout the organization that you can't measure. But what we know is that every area of well-being, whether it's nutrition, financial well-being, sleep, mental health, it all correlates with performance. And that's something that you really champion internally with us as well, is really drawing those parallels between well-being and performance. So in terms of answering that question, I think there are some things that you need to measure and you should do that at a six monthly mark as an organization. But there are some things that you can't measure, but you need to understand that when investing in employee well-being initiatives. I think one of the most exciting things for for people in a business case and, and for integrating with any services is that engagement piece. And mm -hmm. I know at Champion, that's something we pride ourselves on and, and we work really hard to, to drive. So how do you get high engagement with a wellbeing platform or with wellbeing services? How would you go about it? Yeah, I, th I think this is a major area. There's no, and I've said this to the team, there's no point in building a world leading platform if you're not going to drive engagement and get engagement across the workforce. So the first thing to look at is, are you actually reaching the hard to reach populations? That's really important. We don't just want to engage the already engaged, we want to engage the disengaged. So that's one element, first of all. But the way that we can engage the disengaged is by making it accessible. So making sure that it's one click away. You've not got loads of different logins, you've not got loads of different noise and apps and so on. Bring it all into one place. The second thing is then making it attractive. That's hugely important. If we think about the apps on our phone, and whether it's all the social media platforms, Uber, for example, they all look attractive. It's something that draws people to it. And so just the basics of human psychology, look at the platforms that are out there that are attractive and then bring it into your infrastructure yourself. And that's a huge bugbear I have with B2B solutions is that often they look like they're built in the 1990s. We need to bring well-being into the 21st century. Um, and that's something that's hugely important as well. And the final area is personalization. Make it personalized to every employee. Each employee does face unique challenges. A 64-year-old faces different challenges to an 18-year-old, male to female to transgender, for example. We all need to personalize it to those individuals. So if you can find a provider and if you can find a well-being network of champions internally within your organization that can really start to personalize things to employees, offering them things that are relatable to them. That's just the final little um, spice that you need to be able to drive engagement up to the 70, 80% mark. As you said, we're going to be 
really pushed to try and get as much information in that 12 minutes. And I'm, I'm really conscious of time. So the last thing I kind of wanted to ask, and, and hopefully people can take away from this is, can you give us that one golden rule mm. for good well-being? That's, that's what I'm interested to hear from you. And hopefully people at home are as well. That's one of the trickiest questions. I've heard, <laughs> um, you, you caught me out there. So one golden rule, I think it's to, to be authentic at all stages. You can provide people with the best platforms, with Champion Health, with other platforms. But if it's not authentic, if you're saying to employees, here's a platform for you that will support your well-being, and then actually there's a bullying culture, for example, or line managers aren't bought in, you need to make sure that well-being is part of the cultural fabric across your organisation. And a platform won't fix that. A platform will facilitate that, but it's all about your senior leadership buy-in within there, your well-being champions on the floor, but also boots on the ground. Let's look at bottom-up, and are we getting people engaged within the organisation? Well, I've got plenty of notes at least. So I'm going to be busy after this myself. Hopefully people listening will too. But yeah, thank you for your time, Harry. And, and hopefully you got a lot from that too. Thank you, Jack. Really enjoyed it. A huge thank you to Harry Bliss for joining me on the 12 Minutes of Workplace Health podcast. Make sure you subscribe for more exclusive insights from the best workplace health experts.